Lord, you're the apple of his eye. Pastor Moore's coming. Everybody say, Lord, bless him. Jump on him, Jesus. Anoint his mind, anoint his heart and his spirit. In Jesus' name. Isn't it great to be here today, this afternoon, tonight? Praise God to be in the presence of the Lord. That's the most important one. And to join with you as brothers and sisters of like precious faith. And you've been willing to come out on a night like this together to worship the Lord. I won't keep you standing. Turn to 2 John 9 and 10, verses 9 and 10 again tonight, and we'll just see how this goes. If I could have memorized all of the latter part of John 3, 5, 6, 7, 8 chapters, and then 2 John Anyway, John has really revealed to us and written some very powerful words for us tonight. And you and I as one God believers and believe in none other but Jesus Christ as the chief cornerstone. And we believe tonight that you can't find salvation any other place. We believe tonight that there's no other name under heaven whereby we must be saved. We're not looking for an, another gospel, another Savior, another Messiah. We believe the Messiah has came. Amen. And uh, because of that belief, amen, uh, it, 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 it will separate us some more so as time goes on. I won't keep you standing, but uh, whosoever transgresses and abideth not in the doctrines of Christ, and I'm going to come back to some of this and and we just two or three things and directions we're going to go. And hopefully by the help of God we pull this out. Hath not God, he that abideth in the doctrines of Christ, he hath both the Father and the Son. That's what we're looking for. I mean, I mean uh, you know, a lot of them are God. God, we want God. We want God. We want God in our life. You know, there's many ways to get to God. You know, things. There's many gods. Things of this. Other. No, there's one God. There's one way to get to God. There's only one that can reveal us unto God, amen, or the Father, the Son. They're the only ones that can do the revealing, and no man can come to him unless the Father draws him. So John has helped us with a lot of this when we really begin to dig in and to listen to what he's telling us. It, some of what I'm going to say tonight is, is actually hell and heaven issues, okay? If there come any unto you and bring not this doctrine teaching, instruction, coaching, gospel. Amen. Receive him not into your house, neither bid him Godspeed. Lord, we love you tonight and appreciate you on this Wednesday night. God, we're thankful. Thankful for those that's working in the children's church tonight. Bless them, anoint them. Let those kids, amen, experience something of your touch and power. Learn something of you tonight. Touch us. Touch us over here. By your touch and favor and anointing, that's the reason we're in this place tonight on this Wednesday night. To be drawn nigh unto you, to learn something before we leave this house. The doctrines and the instructions that we need to receive to, to live for you in this world that we're in. All the praise and glory and honor is lifted to you in this house tonight. In Jesus' name we pray. God bless you and you may be seated. Let me say thanks to you again tonight as pastor of your faithfulness. Amen. To come on a night such as this and 
Amen. I know with the weather and things of you know that you know it's uh, a lot of people I know they go to other events and things in this same type of weather. But we're so thankful you're here. But the Tony, it's good to see you. Got in a little early. It's good to see you. God bless you. Amen. To be back in the house of God. Been off working. Amen. It's good to see him here tonight. Good to see all of you. Uh, we'll see how it goes back there. I gave him a few verses, but. Uh, I don't know if I'm going to go just like that is, so I'm going to do a lot of skipping around. I see a new gentleman back there. God bless you, Hunter. Uh, you know, it won't be your fault, okay? I'm taking the blame straight up. So um, it may fall in place. We don't know. We'll see. You know how I am, and I don't mean to be that way. If I had your brain, I wouldn't be that way. Hallelujah. Praise God. So, but I got mine. God's got me to deal with. Amen. He's the potter and I'm the clay. He's doing a good job on the clay, but sometimes the clay ain't as well as some other, other, other parts of clay, okay? So, but anyway, uh, as we look at this and uh, begin to, uh, and there's, there are some rabbits in it, but I try to, uh, try to hold them back just a little bit and, and in a sense or keep them down. Uh, but I am going to jump a few for such as the abiding, uh, abideth not. I will come back to that. Uh, that means to continue. Uh, I mentioned this Sunday morning. Actually, I am a little, I am very concerned about this one particularly because we seem to uh, see a lot going on around us that people are not abiding in the doctrine, doctrines that they've been taught, instructed, been taught all their lives, and all of a sudden we feel like with maybe within ourselves, maybe even as a whole church, or even a whole organization, I don't know. I'm not even trying to pin it on all that. I'm just telling you we are living in changing times and some things that have not changed. God has not changed in some of his doctrines. Amen. And notice it's not plural here, the doctrine of Christ. I really think that John's right here is focused upon one doctrine that he's talking about Christ, and that is the Father and the Son, that you can't separate the two. Amen. You, to have the one, you got to have the other. And to have the other one, you got to have the one. And you can't separate them. They're both the one and the same. And so I believe this is the doctrine, if you notice in this, that it's singular. It's not the multiple doctrines that Christ taught, but I believe he's focused upon this particular thing. That's what makes it. He goes as far as saying that, that if they don't accept the Son, they either have the Father, and therefore they don't have God. Okay? So those that don't want to take on Jesus Christ in baptism and take on his name cannot have God. Then what have they got? What's, what are they claiming? Now, I know what they'll profess and claim, but so did others. And so did they in the Old Testament say that they were worshipers of Jehovah and wanted to get involved in the work of God and things of that nature. Praise God. <laughs> Hallelujah. <laughs> we're running devils out already. Praise God. <laughs> Hallelujah. And, uh, but, uh, uh, so some of these things are, are, you know, we can get in some areas, you know, sleeves and things of this nature. To some people, it, it would be such against their conscience that, you know, there's no way they'd wear them. But others, I don't make a hell of a heaven issue. I'm going to wear sleeves. I don't care if everybody in this house and everybody in the world goes start wearing short sleeves. I'm going to keep wearing sleeves. I don't do it for, you know, that. But, but okay. But this, some of this we're going to talk about tonight. That's not the case. It's, it's not. A, it don't matter, you know, 
It does matter if you believe it or not, but if you don't believe it, it's going to cost you your soul. It's going to cost you eternity. That's what, that's what John's making us really understand. And I'm not going to go on the back of this, but you remember now John's probably somewhere in his 90s, some thereabouts. He's writing some of these last letters. He's done been on the Isle of Patmos. Uh, he, he's done been about 40 years as it lapped. Matthew, Mark, and Luke and them are gone. He's uh, uh, the last uh, surviving disciple. The, the way weighs heavy upon him now. He's got a lot of responsibility. He feels the same way, no doubt, as Peter did. Hey, we've got to write these things down. There's a lot of adversaries. There's a lot of false doctrines, false teachers that's come into this situation. They're coming up with all type of doctrines. They're coming in behind the churches. They're coming into the churches. They're going out in the marketplaces. And they're affecting the hearts and the minds and the spirit of the believers. Amen. And those that never get settled and those that never get That's the reason the responsibility lays on you heavily. Amen. To read and study the word of God. To become a daily bread for you to read it for yourself. For you to know it. Amen. You may not memorize it. You may not remember right where it's at. But I tell you what. If you ever read it and you know it's in here. That's all it's going to take. Amen. Because that right there ought to keep you to say. You know what? This is in the Bible. I'm going to believe it. It's in the Bible. And not am I going to only believe it. I'm going to obey it. Amen. I'm going to let it become a part of me. I, I can't take you right back to Sunday night about truth abiding on the inside. Truth. God wants truth in the inward parts. Because when you get truth settled in the inward parts. Don't worry. The outside will clean up. Amen. We're too focused too much, amen, on the outside. And Pentecost and apostolics, amen, I'm fought. I'm fought 110%. But I'm telling you, if we don't get to working on the inside of us, we've got to be a bunch of Holy Ghost folks, amen, on the outside and nothing on the inside. It's truth that's going to get us out of here. Truth that's going to get us out of the grave. Truth, amen, that's going to put the devil in his place. It's truth that brings carnality under submission. And I believe in bad attitudes and bad spirits and everything. Nothing but truth can do this work for us. Anything outside of that and beyond that, it cannot and will not happen. If it's in by any other avenue or form or manner, it's a man of the world, the spirits of the world, of the spirit of iniquity. And so it's seeking sand. There's only one rock that you can dig down and find. Only one chief cornerstone. This is none other but Jesus Christ. And, and you know what? It don't bother me a bit that they want to make a big deal that we're the Jesus only. Because there's no other. You know, they, they go ahead. <laughs> You know, if they want to ridicule us and mock us, they always have. It don't make any difference. But thank God for this revelation about Jesus Christ and the passion and the affection that we have for him and toward him. And we ought to. We ought to. Shame on us if we don't. In fact, we need to work on it. If, we, we, we don't, if we've lost some of that, we need to work on that because that's a part of that abiding, amen, in the doctrines of Christ. Hallelujah. And his works and his powers and his glory. And so... As we look at this tonight, and uh, we're just going to kind of start out. We're going to go to John 7 or 16. Uh, mentioned a couple of weeks and nights ago about that at the end, about the doctrines of Christ. Amen. And watch what he says about it, not in the doctrines of Christ. Hallelujah. So where did Christ get the doctrines? Who, who's where he come from? Now, look, let's look at the word Christ for just a second, because that's a very important word. Amen. There's others that claim to be Christ. Others claim to be Jesus. Amen. Prior to this, and there's going to come some even in our day. Amen. There's going to come, and they're going to claim he's here and claim he's there and things of this nature. Hallelujah. But you and I, you and I know I'm not going nowhere to look for Jesus. Jesus is here. Amen. We're not looking for certain buildings and places. Now, somebody told me this here a little while back that somebody somewhere, I believe it was in California, already claimed to be Jesus. Certain things were happening, transpiring, things of this nature. So you're going to start seeing these things pop up. Amen. Especially the more that you're seeing humanity is uh, indulging in trying 
trying to become superhuman and they're trying to use tactics and means and measures of this. Amen. Part of this is not but part of the Antichrist and their powers and, and their ways of testing things and operating through things. And you can, what of this you believe or whatever, it doesn't really matter. But uh, most believe now, especially in time, folks, um, they're believing that a lot of this uh, uh, technology that we got and computers that we got um, and the systems, the way they're coming up, this is how that even the demonic world is going to work. Um, amen. For him to claim to be Jesus Christ, um, he's got to know what's going on in all the world and all at the same time. And so this is how some of this is going to happen. They're going to use technology to try to fool people and things of this nature. We've seen them do that in church, I've been told, amen, that they had earbuds and some people, and they was telling people, and there was the guy on the front, and it was a front, it was a fraud, it was a money deal. But you know what? God has the ability to pull all that junk out. But you know what? That's still the people's fault. Hallelujah. When you walk in a place and you don't feel God, and you don't feel truth, and you don't feel the love of God, and there's no move with the Holy Ghost, you got a right to get up and walk out. When you start feeling strange stuff, and you know it, and the Holy Ghost is going, eh, and the Holy Ghost saying, I don't think so. The Holy Ghost saying, wait a minute. you got a right by the Holy Ghost. Your Father gives you the right, amen, to get up and say, hey, I don't want to be no part of this. I just gave you the word. Amen. Don't, don't let them invite to your home. Don't bless them. Don't get caught up in it. Don't get wrapped up in it. Hallelujah. This thing is real. This thing is powerful. This thing will work in our hearts and work in our lives. He's in the miracle working business. And I am a little concerned about that. And thought about it and prayed about it even today. We want to see these miracles. They're part of being apostolic. They're part of being Jesus' disciples. He, he backed up their words with wonders and signs. We ought to see that. We ought to experience that. We ought to long for that and be a part of that and get involved into it. Amen. Same way you're working in the gifts of the Spirit. Whatever measure that might be and power that is. We need to know that. We need to get involved into that. And let God, let God work through us in this local assembly. I don't care if we're just a little country church. Out on 57, a little rural area. God wants to be God right here. He wants to be any other place. He wants to, he wants to heal you. He wants to bless you. He wants the power of His Spirit. I know it's Wednesday night. I know it's raining outside. But that don't stop God from showing up in this place and, and touching our hearts and touching our lives and moving on our behind you can get the Holy Ghost you can get he's amazing God he's God he's God on a bad day you, you understand what I'm saying he's God nothing changes him from being God he's God in every situation he's a God in every dilemma he doesn't miss anything hallelujah I'm so thankful for God I'm thankful for the revelation of him I find help and strength in him I'm not looking for no other place I find it in Jesus so anyway as we look at this and we see that John 7 is 16 and so this is where I'm going to probably be, you know, uh, jumping around a little bit and, and doing some things. But uh, with God's help, uh, maybe it'll all work out because, man, we're going to go from 6 and 7 and 8 and 15 and 3. And anyway, we're just going to go all the way around and uh, uh, just watch some things unfold here as we watch where Jesus Christ and his words and teaching. And I, I can put it all in one sum, actually. Amen. He tells us quickly there that, hey, it's not my words, not my words of the fathers. Okay. But again, this is and some of this, and that's the reason I wish I could just quote it all because the way it unfolds, amen, helps us understand the conflict that's going to take place. So even when you look here and you go to John 7 and 16, amen, Jesus answered them, amen, and said, my doctrine is not mine. That's kind of what I told you the other night, remember? Well, whose doctrines is it? If it's not his, if he couldn't claim them, if he wasn't the author of them, amen, then whose are they? And so, but his that sent me. Now, that, that means a lot more than what we think. Because this was the deal. As we back up and watch this, 
Because as you back up and you begin to go into the chapters, uh, previous chapters, you have to really back up to about the fifth chapter. And this is where, amen, the, the miracle began to take place. And, and in the fifth chapter, the pool of Bethesda, he cannot go back into Judah because there they want to kill him. So he makes his way, amen, to uh, Galilee, I believe it was. And, and when he does this, um, at the beginning of this particular chapter, and he comes to this pool, and here you see, amen, uh, this is where the feast is at in, in Jerusalem. And as he makes his way to Jerusalem to the feast, a man at Bethsaida, and having five porches, and there's where the guy is there, and he's sick, been there for what, 38 years, 38 years by this porch, a man, and, and so he didn't have nobody to help him, no man to help him to get into the water, the waters of trouble, the angels come and stir up the waters, a man, but nobody would help him, somebody always beat him, a man, in the pool, and so he had laid there for 38 years for this to transpire and take place, and, and so he heals him, he heals him, a man, he asked him, Do I want to be made whole? And so he blessed him. He tells him, take up his bed. And so when he takes up his bed and begins to walk, guess what? It's on the Sabbath day. And because it's on the Sabbath day, they ask him, who told you? Who told you you could take up your bed? Or, or what you doing toting your bed? He's eating him. He that healed me. Now watch this. They were more concerned about him toting the bed than, than looking at the miracle and saying, well, who healed you? They didn't ask him who healed him. They asked him, who told you to take up your bed? Amen. He told them, the one that healed me. Amen. Now watch this. I believe some of these cats is asking these questions had done seen him at that pool for 30 he'd been there for 38 years don't tell me he hadn't say they hadn't seen him there that's like the man at the gate of beautiful 40 years how many had saw him coming to the temple at time after time that's a really notable miracle and they couldn't deny it and the people couldn't deny it because of 40 years that man had been there so a notable miracle took place guess what I believe there's some key witnesses or key miracles in, in Bendale Mississippi that's had a wrecked life and always had a wrecked life then God amen moves in hallelujah be a notable miracle God to change our, our community to change this church and give us a revival. Hey, that's how God works. Hallelujah. He pulls out them nobodies. He pulls out them. It's been so wrapped up. If they'll believe it, hear the gospel. And so as you watch this unfold, as they question him, amen, he tells them it's Christ. And, and so, you know, and I thought it was just kind of odd, amen, should have asked him, he healed you. No, they was more about to walk in on the seventh break of the law. And so when it moves to that, and then you're going to start. And, and so I'm going to slow down a little bit. We're going to read a little bit what Jesus begins to respond to them in this 19th verse. Now, we're in John 5 and 19. Then answered Jesus and said unto them, Verily, verily, I say unto you, The Son can't do nothing of himself. As you watch this, it's going to kind of repeat itself. A little later on, it's going to talk about the vine. If, if we, you and I really get our understanding of this, neither can we. You and I don't have enough talents, enough skills, enough money, enough charisma, enough of nothing. We may have a whole lot of it. And the world may think we got a lot of it. And the world's got a lot of it. And they're using it for their own reason. But I'm here to tell you, even with all the talents and skills and abilities, hallelujah, you know what? I want the anointing of God. I want the favor of God. I want the spirit of God. I want the power of God upon it. Regardless how gifted we are, regardless how talented we might be, regardless how educated we might be, if I could quote this whole Bible, if I can quote it, amen, but couldn't give you the plan of salvation, then what good am I? If God the Father, if God the Father is not with me and anointing me and blessing the works, hallelujah, then what good is it? It's nothing 
but a vain work. And you know what? It finally came to me. It's been a little while back. Amen. They're going to get their reward. Jesus would tell them they're going to get their reward. Yeah. They're going to get patted on by man. They're going to get uplifted by man. They're going to get bragged on by man. But when it comes to eternity and they face Jesus Christ, he's going to tell them, I didn't never knew you. You was workers of iniquity. Hallelujah. Oh, but we cast out devils in your name. We've done this. We've done marvelous things and powerful things. But you never knew me. You never believed in the Father. You never believed in the oneness. You never believed that the Son was God manifested the flesh. You thought they were three persons. You thought they were two persons. You thought this and that. And because of that, you're going to be lost and undone. So, as we watch this, he goes on very, very, I say unto you, the Son can do nothing of himself. Because he's being questioned, you know, about all this. And, and you know, he's... Uh, because he tells them basically back up to the 17th verse. But Jesus answered them, my father worketh here too, and I, I, and I work. So the question, well, no, who's your father? You know, what's the deal here? And it's going to go on. It's going to keep unfolding. And, and they're going to finally come to that place and come to that realization that uh, uh, who is the father? Because we know his father. Now, I, I'd rather read all that, but, but we know his father. It's Joseph. Nope, that was a mistake. You know what? If they really examined and looked back at Mary and remember the time of the betrothed and what all unfolded, they remember that uh, really, you know, he wasn't because he didn't know Mary until after the birthing of Christ. And I'm sure some of these conversations, amen, in their life and their time came up, amen, because Joseph being the just man that he was and Mary being the maid she was. Amen. And, and, and because of their own life. Hallelujah. Some of them finally realize, hey, there's, there's more to this. Hallelujah. So anyways, we go on from that. He says, Father, what things soever he doeth, these also doeth the Son likewise. For the Father loveth the Son and showeth him all things that himself doeth. And he will show him greater works than these that he may marvel. For as a father rises up, raises up the dead and quickeneth them, even so the son quickeneth whom he will. For the father judgeth no man, but hath committed what? All judgment unto the son. So watch this. Judgment's going to go to the son. He's one chance. Going to say, Even though Jesus didn't come to condemn the world, but there's going to come a day when you're going to stand. I'm going to stand, and everybody's going to give account for the deeds, and they're going to stand before Jesus. Because Jesus is the only fleshly human being that you and I are going to see as God. And so he goes on about all that, and I won't, win. I, won't, I won't talk about all that. But when you go to the 31st verse, and this is where I'm going to do some of that, if you don't mind, witnessing, or a witness, because it's all about a man believing, and believing the witness. We're endued with the power of the Holy Ghost to be what? A witness. That's what the Holy Ghost is really all about. That's what does the witnessing. That's what flows out of us. That's what makes the difference. It's not our attire. It's not our giftings and talents and ability. But it's the presence and the flowing out of the Holy Ghost. Hallelujah. I, I tell you, I remember talking to you guys been years ago. I had been pastoring long. It was right down this road. And, and anyway, they was going through some trouble. Went by and visited with him. Gave him some Bible studies and things of that nature. And he even confessed. He said, man, there's a presence here. He said, man, I'm telling you, there's a power of God. There's something here in this. And, but, but it never, it never, you know, and there's nothing else I can do with it. Amen. If the Holy Ghost can't draw you and once you confess and once you say you felt and once you know, hey, there's nothing else I can do for you. 
You know, if that don't draw you and that don't pull you in, if that don't anchor you and that don't hold you, then what other powerful witness you got? Where else are you going to go? What else are you going to do? There's nothing else to turn to. Amen. And so that's what all of this is really all about. And so when you look there and when you go, and I was going to come back to this, but I'm scared I may get some of it as I just go through this, so I'm going to flip and flop. But anyway, it says, and if I bear witness of myself, my witness is not true. Now, this is Jesus talking. Amen. I'm in John 5 and 31. Uh, That's going to be later on, but I'm going to do it now. I'm sorry. Y'all doing a good job. God bless them. There is another that beareth witness of me. Now watch what he says. I know that the witness which he witnessed of me is true. He sent unto John, and he bare witness unto the truth. Now watch this. I'm going to go to John kind of at the last and what he says and his testimony about some of this. John the Baptist back in John 3, in the latter part of John 3. Okay, so I'm going to come back to that in a little while. But, but he, watch what he's saying here. He sent unto John, and he bare witness unto the truth. But I received not testimony from man, but these things I say, that he might be saved. He was a burning and a shining light, and he were willing for a season to rejoice in his light. For a season, for, for a time. Talking about John. Talking about John the Baptist. He's willing to receive him and, 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 and all this. Because <laughs> as you watch some of this unfold and you go back to some areas, some, you're going to see that there was some questions. Uh, I believe it's back. Um, anyway, John, John's disciples. As they was going to baptizing, and there was a lot of water, and so Jesus baptized, John's baptizing, and so the followers of the disciples of John, the Jews asked them, you know, what's going on here? What's happening? Because here there was now more following Jesus than John. And so that's what helped heads some of this and bring some of this about, uh, bringing it. And we know this is where we get the scripture. And I may come to that in a little while. We'll just we'll deal with it as we get there. He and it goes on, he says. But I have greater witness than that of John. Notice what he's saying there. A witness. It's all about a witness. That's really it's so important to have the witness of the Holy Ghost. That's really it's so important to bear the fruits of the Holy Ghost. That's really it's so important for you and I as Christians. As Holy Ghost filled Christians. And our response and how we conduct ourselves. How we handle ourselves. And I'm not talking about just in our attire either. That's important. I'm not. I'm not but I will tell you something. Amen. We can dress it to the T and have such a bad attitude or a bad spirit. Don't show. And I'm going to talk about this. I felt it even again today. Amen. The doctrines of love, the doctrine of prayer, and some things like this. We're just going to go into some of that. Amen. We're going to work on some of the errors. Amen. And take a knee how we build upon this foundation. Some doctrines that are must. Amen. In this end time. Hallelujah. The church is more than, you know, you know, we can't be like the world. The world goes to party to get drunk. At whatever cost. And sometimes that cost man, can be very dear. They on the way home get a DUI, have a head on, kill somebody, or get, become killed. You see what I'm saying? Just to have a good time. I've, I've had them tell me, I'm just have time to have a good time. Yeah, at the expense of everybody else. You act like a total idiot now because you got drunk, you got messed up. 
Talking about you want to have a good time. But, but watch this. we got to watch that same attitude and spirit about the church. Church is more than just coming here and dancing and shouting and popping, you know, and, and, and I'm going to say speaking in tongues and feeling a few chill bunches. But then if I don't do nothing else, and I walk outside them doors, amen, to walk in the truth and love of God and be what God wants me to be, amen, and walk in his truth and commit and dedicate myself on a regular basis. You know, if I just wait to every Sunday morning, give me a little shot in the arm. Every Sunday night, give me a little shot in the arm. And every Wednesday night, give me a little shot in the arm. It won't last long. Hallelujah. That's the reason we'll find ourselves in some struggles and fighting with some spirits and things of that nature. Amen. With life itself and, and the reason we can't handle some things in life. Hallelujah. Because uh, we've treated God almost, and I ain't being ugly, none of us. I'm just telling us like it is. We treat him almost like a spare tithe sometimes. We really don't need you, God, till you show up and you need you. Amen. Even when we show up to church, we're just going to kind of kick back and lay back. And when everybody else gets stirred up enough, enough of power of God in this place, then I get up and respond. Alcohol it longer somebody else is buying it. It's like going out to eat long somebody else is paying for it. Amen. Going on a big fishing trip or a hunting trip or a shopping trip. Long as it got somebody else's charge cards, you know. Long as it's somebody else's expense. And so some of this we got to watch. We can't let that spirit slip over into us. Everybody comes here and needs to make sure. Hey Amen. You know what? I'm gonna bring some wood to the house of God. I'm gonna build a fire. If I want a fire at the house of God, I'll make sure I bring some wood. Amen. That's like, you know, going camping and nobody thinks about getting camp wood fired. You know, hey, you're going to have a fire. Where's wood? Nobody got none. You mean nobody thought about getting wood? You know, we have, we're going to camp out. And not a, you got to have a fire with you. You don't camp out. I don't care if it's in July. You got to still build a fire. Amen. I mean, that's not camping unless you build a fire. So somebody's got to come. That's like coming to the church then. But if you want a big fire, make sure you load it up your truck. Make sure you got some wood. Amen. You're going to bring it. Put it on here. And that's what witnessing is all about. That's what doing the service of God. These are my father's words. These are my father's doing. And it's all about him. Amen. To be what? A witness. A witness. And so now in these scriptures, and I guess I'll read all the rest of them. I guess I could read a few more of them. But he goes on. He says, but I haven't uh, a greater witness, that's uh, the 36th verse, the 35th verse, and the Father himself which hath sent me, hath borne witness of me. Ye have neither heard his voice at any time, nor seen his shape. But we have not his words abiding in you, for whom he hath sent him ye believe not. Watch this. Now, here he is. You've never seen him, but I'm using him. Jesus said he's going to be a witness, and, and he's going to use the law. He's going to watch him. Watch what he does him. Search the scriptures for in them he think he have eternal life, and they are they which testify of me. He will not come to me that he might have life. I receive not honor from men, but I know you that ye have not the love of the Father in you. I have come to my Father's name, and he received me. I come in my Father's name, receive me not. Another, you receive in his name. Now, watch this. You know who I believe he's talking to about? The Antichrist. They're going to receive him. But they wouldn't receive the Father in his name. Let me ask you something. What name did they all want to buck against not to pray in? Some of these places where they want to do away with prayer. They want to do away with other things as long as you don't mention Jesus. You can mention all these other gods and other ideas and opinions. And boy, there ain't too much going about it. If you get over and really begin to start preaching or, or, or praying in the name of Jesus and, and start using some real force and power behind it and got, start getting some results, guess what? They're going to start trying to shut it down. Something about the witnessing power of this name. And so we're watching this as a, as a witness, a testimony. Jesus Christ, if you go back and read all that together, and, and I'm not going to read all of it. I just I want to have the time to do some of these areas that I really want to try to touch and, and get involved in. 
So when you look back at John 5, 5 and 19 though, amen, it's where we started a while ago and where he's talking about all of that. Then we're talking about his doctrine. We're talking about, amen, the, the, the powers, amen, the working of it. When you go to John 3, 3 and 11, amen, we're going to see here, as I back up, because this is what it's really about. What did he say? You didn't receive him. You didn't receive the witness. You didn't receive, even though the miracle was performed. Now, there was other miracles that took place along with that one. And so with these miracles wasn't backing up, amen, who he was and what he was doing. As far as they was believing it, they didn't want to believe it. They didn't want to receive that. And so that's, that's what I'm talking about. I want to see these notable miracles taking place in our local assembly. I want to see them place, uh, took place every, all over the place. But I want to see them happening right here in Bendale, Mississippi. Seeing people miraculously being touched and miraculously being healed, amen, by the hand of God and by the touch of God. Amen. I believe. I believe God. Amen. Man to lift up Matt Ford out of that wheelchair and give him his health and strength back. Amen. I believe Matt Ford's got a part to play in it. Amen. But I do believe and I know without a waver and a doubt what Jesus Christ will do for us if we're willing to pay the price and willing, amen, to be committed and dedicated about it. Jesus Christ will do that. Some of you in some dire needs and situations. And I pray for you on a daily basis. But you know what? I believe God, amen, will just be consistent and pray it and believe it in the name of Jesus Christ. Because I, I got some more scriptures. I can't read all that. But he, I'm telling if you believe on the Father, if you believe he was the Father, whenever you ask in his name believing, you shall receive it. Amen. And you know what? We shouldn't pray anything outside the will of the Father. As a disciple of Jesus, as a follower of Jesus Christ, amen, as a representation of his word and of his spirit, amen, we're not praying to be like the world. We're not praying to do the things of the world. We're praying to live a holy and a righteous and a godly life in this world. Amen. To walk in the powers of his beauty and countenance and love and be the example that he wants us to be. So there's not anything that he won't hold back from us. If we ask it by believing in the name of Jesus Christ, you shall attain that. You shall receive what those needs, amen, those miracles and wonders aside. God's still in the miracle working business. Hallelujah. He's always been in the miracle working business. He hadn't, he had, you know, he hadn't shined from nobody. And it doesn't matter if we are in America. I know we got a lot of things that distract us and things of that nature. But you know what? I believe God, even in America, setting the stage, hallelujah, that we're going to have to depend on him. Amen. Because a lot of areas that we've been going to just not getting the job done just not getting the job done I'm going to mention this I'm not going to mention no names but somebody has got cancer battled with it for quite some time they thought it had relapsed the test and all this was supposed to show that it had and so anyway they had went to the doctor and and they come by the hardware store the other day and talked to me about it and said, uh, man, we got some good news today. I said, really? He said, yeah. He said, thought, you know, this person's cancer's back and all the tests showing the same things and all this other. And uh, come to find out, well, they finally done some other tests. Come to find out all the individual had was pneumonia. And the doctor went on to tell him, said it's an infection. Said probably that individual's had that infection for no telling how many years. And now they're going to have to send them to another specialist to try to get rid of that infection. Well, infections become something else, hasn't it, in the medical field. We don't seem to have things to help us with infections. Huh. Hey, man, it's a, it's a different. We're taking more potent and powerful medicines. Used to, we could take penicillin and uh, some of that other stuff. And, man, you know, we were around barefooted, cuts, scratches. You didn't think nothing of it. 
you know, you got too big of a bruise, too big of a bang, you went home and mama kissed it and it's okay and you, you went outside and everything is fine today and it healed up. But that ain't true no more. Today, if you get a cut or something, you start watching it like a hog. And I'm, I'm for that. I'm not against it. I'm just telling you. Because it's what's in the air and the infections and the things that we're approaching. God is setting the stage, amen, so the church can work better than it's ever worked. Worked in a realm and a place. Hallelujah. Watch this. Your money don't go as, as far as it used to go. A lot of things doesn't. A lot of things is not secure. My daddy and them, when they come up in some of their prime days, amen, they could go to places like the shipyard and had a job for the rest of their life if they wanted to. That's not even true at shipyards any longer or any other place. You just never know. Everything's becoming shaky. Everything is coming questionable. Hallelujah. So God, God's setting the stage for the church to be one of the most powerful witnesses places that's ever been. This is what's going to bring revival. That's the reason a lot of these other places, and I'm not being rude here, but it's giving themselves over to flesh and carnality and false doctrines and things like that. They're going to start shutting their doors. Amen. They're going to start turning them into bar rooms and honky-tonks and places like that. Hallelujah. But you know what? They got some of them folks is going to say, you know, I need a God. I need a church. I need somebody that's got a, a testimony. I need somebody that knows how to witness. I need somebody that's got some power with them, an anointing with them. Amen. It's got a prayer life. It's got a commitment. And they're not in it for a show. They're in it for the real, genuine deal. Hallelujah. We're honest and we're sincere about that. We didn't come to impress people what we're wearing. We didn't come to impress people who we are and what we are. We didn't come to impress people what we drove up in. We come in this house for one purpose and one reason that old glory would show up. Old glory would show up. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. God, I want old glory to show up. Hallelujah. On a regular basis. I don't care if it is a Wednesday night. And I know you're tired and weary. And I know the weather's bad. But you know, why shouldn't old glory show up? I want it to be worth the drive. I want it to be worth the sacrifice. Hallelujah. I prayed over you tonight. Amen. God, you bless them. They want to come in this weather and get out in this weather. God, you pour out your spirit. You touch their lives. You do a mighty work. It's your good pleasure and honor, God, to bless your people and move upon them. And now across the airways, others are not able to be here, but somehow your grace and Mercy will touch them. And so as you watch some of this, let's look at the testimony. And I know I'm just, man, I don't know a better way to do this except just. Let's go to John, John's testimony, John the Baptist. It's in John uh, about 22. It starts there. John 3 at 22. It says, after these things came Jesus and his disciples to the land of Judea. And there, tear at them and baptizing. Talks about how John was baptizing. To go down to just from Salem and go down to baptizing. Go down to about the 25th verse. There arose questions between some of John's disciples and the Jews about purifying. Man, purifying. It's funny to me how apparently water baptism has something to do with purifying, apparently. So I didn't just want to bypass that. Just bringing that out. It's really not a part of the subject tonight. And they came unto John and said unto him, Rabbi. He that was with thee beyond Jordan, to whom thou bearest witness, to whom thou bearest witness, Jordan. That's where the sin did baptize him, the sin did come down, the lamb that take away the sins of the world. Behold, the same baptizes all men come to him. Now, it looks like, you know, they're not following John and his disciples, and they're following. So the Jews is questioning John's disciples about this. And so John's disciples come to John and question him about it. What's going on? What's unfolding? What's taking place here? John answered and said, A man can receive nothing, watch this, except it be given him from heaven. Man can receive nothing except it be given to him from heaven. Have you ever done a study on the word of wisdom and the word of wisdom that comes from heaven? And then to compare it to the wisdom of the earth? 
there is a, there, it, what it tells us is the wisdom of the earth is, it's, 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 it's arrogant, it's high-minded, it's rude, it's, it's got pride with it. But the wisdom from heaven is kind and gentle and merciful. And, and so different. That's who we are because it comes from heaven. We want a heavenly wisdom and, and a heavenly visitation. And so he's telling us it comes from heaven. He yourselves bear me witness that I said I am not the Christ. I'm not him. But that I am sent before him. He that had the bride is the bridegroom, but, he, but the friend of the bridegroom which standeth and careth him rejoiceth greatly because of the bridegroom's voice. This my, this my joy, therefore, is fulfilled to cure the voice of the groom. He must increase, but I must decrease. <laughs> I got to go off the scene. Now, I'm sure John at this point in place, because you back up, that 24th verse, for John was not yet cast into prison. So here, John, no doubt, probably didn't know the plans for him and the outcome that he was going to wind up in prison and being beheaded. Because later on, you're going to read where he sends two disciples. I don't know all of that, but that's just. He that cometh from above is above all. He that is of the earth is earthly and speaketh of the earth. He that cometh from heaven is above all. And what he hath seen and heard, that he testifieth. Notice what he's saying about Jesus. Hmm. He that's come from heaven. See, that was part of the question about Jesus when he talked to them about going to places that they didn't got come. And he talked about, is he going to commit suicide? Is he, no, he's talking about a man going to the Father. A man, he knows where he's going. Amen. Jesus talks to him about that. You don't know who you worship and you don't know how to worship. You don't know where you're coming from. You don't know where you're going. But we know who we are. We know from whence we came from, which is God above, not the earth. And that's what John is talking about even here. What he hath seen and heard, talking about Jesus, that he testifieth, that no man receiveth this, but no man receiveth his testimony. He that hath received his testimony hath set to his seal that God is True. Amen. So when you accept or believe or make confession, that's the reason the scripture talks about when you confess Jesus Christ as your Savior and you really mean it. Amen. When you confess it, especially in Jesus' day and the apostles' day, hallelujah, you better have the goods. You better be walking the walk because you're going to be persecuted. You're going to be cast out. You're going to be thrown out of the temple. and You're, going to be, you're not going to have the aid and the assistance of even families will disown you. So when you made that confession with your lips, amen, or with your tongue, amen, you better have the goods to back it up, and so that's the reason, amen, when they would, they would make this confession, they had the baptism of the Holy Ghost, and I don't want to get on some of that, but, but for he whom God hath sent, speaketh the words of God, for God giveth not the Spirit by measure unto Kim, notice, and that Spirit there is capitalized, so we know he's talking about Jesus Christ, and Jesus Christ is without measure, so this makes Jesus Christ both God and man, but they wouldn't want to accept that, they didn't want to believe that, amen, they, 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 they won't you know, receive him as that, and that was a problem, because they didn't believe that he was the Messiah, they didn't believe that he was the Son of God, and so 
therefore God couldn't work for them and Jesus couldn't speak for them and be the witness and the testimony unto them that he needed him to be. The Father loveth the Son and hath given all things into his hand. He that believeth on the Son hath everlasting life, and he that believeth not the Son shall not see life, but the wrath of, of God abideth on him. Listen to that. The wrath of God's what we're trying to avoid. Wrath of God's what we're trying to not to be a part of. But the only way that an individual can get the wrath of God out of their life is you got to believe in this one called Jesus Christ as the Messiah. You got to believe that He came. And it's impossible to live just a normal life really believing that. It's, it's, you can't just walk the way you want to walk and live the way you want to live. Not when you really start believing that and believing his words. It changes you. It changes your whole, uh, your whole attitude of life. It changes every way that you even think. And how you want to walk. Because it's going to make all the difference in the world about who we are. And where we're going and who we're representing. And so when you go and you look, amen, at John 8 and 12... And I know I'm going to bypass some, but I just, I guess I don't have the time, so I'll do what I can with it. But when you go to John 8 and 12, and, and here he begins to talk about as the light of the world. Amen. Then spake Jesus again unto them, saying, I am the light of the world. He that followeth me shall not walk in darkness, but shall have what? The light of, the, light of life. The Pharisees therefore said unto him, Thou bearest record of thyself. Thy record is not true. That record, amen, if you look it up, it actually means, amen, a testimony or a witness. Your record, your witnessing, it's not true. That's what they're accusing him of. That's what the Pharisees were saying. Jesus answered and said unto them, Though I bear record of myself, yet my record is true. For I know whence I came. That's the reason it's so important to make sure you've been born again. Of the water and the spirit. You know where you come from. If you've ever experienced Pentecost. If you've ever experienced the baptism of the Holy Ghost. Amen. You know it. You know when the hand of God. The power of God moves upon us. And moves into this place. And anoints us. You know it when you're out witnessing. And God's leading and directing you. And, and, and God's in it. You also know when God's not. So the best thing that you and I can do. When God's not in it. Back out of it. Leave it alone. I don't care who it is, your brother, your sister, your enemy, whatever, the best friend. And I know you want to be saved. I understand that. But you can't win them. You can't bring them to God. Not unless his spirit's flowing. It's his spirit that draws. It's his witnessing power and force. That's the reason when you live a twofold life outside, you cause confusion. When you live one way in here and another way out there. You talk one way in here and talk another way out there. You follow one spirit in here and follow a different spirit out there. Huh. Something's not right. And it causes confusions. And, and come on, we all got our times ups and downs. Come on, I, I'm not even, you know what I'm talking about. So he goes on and he says, Jesus answered, said to him, about his record, bearing the record myself, yet my record is true, for I know whence I came, whether I go. 
but he cannot tell whence I come and whither I go. He judge after the flesh. I judge no man. Not after the flesh. He doesn't judge no man. And yet if I judge, my judgment is true. For I am not alone, but I am the Father that sent me. This is the message. This is the message that John's trying to get across in 2 John, the ninth chapter, about the Father and the Son. You've got to accept Jesus Christ. And, and watch this. He goes on to tell us, anybody that did not confess that Jesus Christ, the Son of God, was an anti-Christ spirit. And you can't serve two masters. And you can't walk after two spirits. Okay? It is also written in your law that the testimony of two men is true. Notice what he done. Now he's not telling them there's two men. He's talking about two witnesses here. Calling on the Father and the Son. God and the Son. True witnesses. I am one that bear witness of myself. And the Father that sent me beareth witness of me. Then said they unto him, Whence is thy father? Jesus answered, He neither know me nor my father. For if he had known me, he should have known my father also. So we're seeing what's, what's really unfolding with John here. That what he's pushing is the doctrine of Christ. It's no option here. You and I've got to believe this with every core that's in us. Every, every, every cell that's in us. We got to believe in this one God message. We got to believe in this Jesus Christ. Amen. As God is one. That God is a spirit. And Jesus Christ, amen. Amen. The fullness of God as well as fullness of man. He was fulfilling both of these roles and these, these, this calling that was upon him. And even though he hung on that cross. And that's the reason on the cross the Holy Ghost, God forsaken him. Why? forsaken me that body would have never died if the spirit of God that God the spirit had not left that body because God doesn't need blood God doesn't need oxygen God doesn't need anything like that you can't kill a spirit but he had to have a lamb amen to put on that cross and you and I got to believe that and walk in that power because by the power amen of the lamb of Jesus Christ and by the blood of Christ amen when you begin to talk about truths on the inward parts amen he's talking about his spirit he's talking about his word the letter amen kill it but the spirit gives it life. Amen. It calls it to come alive. The testimony of Jesus Christ and the power thereof. That's the reason you and I we shouldn't fear death. He's conquered death. Amen. And he's on the right hand side. That means the power, the strength. That's the reason David called upon him said, Amen. His way that he was on his right hand side. This is what's going to hold me. This is what's going to bring me through. This true God that I'm serving. This true God that I'm believing. This Jesus that I'm calling. Hey, I believe Brother Ford may have mentioned this service or maybe somebody here just recently Amen. Talking about, Amen. Sometimes all all it takes is saying, Jesus. And all you're going to need is right there. Right there. When you call on him by faith and you put your trust in him. And his touch and his visitation upon our hearts and upon our lives. When you go to John 8 and 28. Then said Jesus unto them, when he have lifted up the son of man, then shall he know that I am he and that I do nothing of myself but as my father hath taught me I speak 
these things. We'll finish up with these two verses in John 8 and 31. Then Jesus said unto those Jews which believed on him, If ye continue, continue means to abide. Abide in my words, then as, he, my, as my disciples indeed. And he shall know the truth, and the truth shall make you free. I'm going to ask us a question tonight. I don't have a clue what time it is. They don't have a clock up there, and that's fine. But I'm going to ask us a question. We can stand. I'll ask us a question tonight. Especially to any of us and all of us that if we claim the Holy Ghost and claim to be a disciple of Jesus Christ. Are we as free tonight as we ought to be? Are we as free tonight? That liberty, that joy that flow out of us. Not, not just here at the house of God, but even on a daily basis, on a regular basis. I, I can tell you one thing. You've got an adversary that's doing everything he can to rob you of it. You've got a devil that's doing everything he can. He, he doesn't want you to have joy. Not this joy. He doesn't want you to have this liberty and freedom. He's going to load you down if there's any way he can. He wants, to, he wants to bog you down with the worries of the world, the frets and the finances and one thing after another but you know what we're still the most blessed people on the face of the earth with the revelation of Jesus Christ and the, the, the fellowship that we have with him and knowing him let's, let's don't let the devil let's don't let the world let's don't let individuals amen there is an inheritance that's laid up for us there are some promises Amen. And, and, and continuing and abiding in the doctrine of Christ. But there were some responsibilities for that. That we want God to help us. We want God to help us. Man, to be wise as a serpent, but yet harmless as a dove. And, and to be wise to win souls. I want to see souls. I want to see people delivered. I want to see lives set free. I want to see people walk in a, in a different dimension. I, I, I just believe there's some things that... That God in this end time, in this church, not just this local assembly, I'm talking about in the church in general too. For this local assembly is any place that people gather, a man in his presence and his life. He promised to be here, promised to do great, marvelous things for us. Amen. And I believe he'll do it. I believe he'll do it. I believe that he holds everything. And, and as we humble, and he's taught us, he said, pray about everything. Pray. And so I don't know what direction I'm going to go from here just yet. i got two or three things, uh, directions I want to go. And, and I'm going to ask God just to help me. Amen. Because I, I feel a pull toward prayer. Amen. Then I feel a pull toward love. And, and, and these are doctrines. Amen. That, that, that you and I have to practice. I'm going to encourage you again tonight. If you don't have a prayer life. I'm talking about a real prayer life. I'm talking about a prayer life that. Now, I, there's nothing wrong. Pray all day. Continue your prayer. That's okay. But I'm going to tell you something. You've got to get some time. You've got to, you've got to get some places by yourself. You've got to get into a prayer closet sometimes. You've got to shove everything aside. Amen. You know. If, if, you, want, if you want the attention of God. You ever try to get somebody's attention? You ever watch these little ones? They, they want your attention. And you, you just keep on doing something. They keep on and they just keep on. Daddy, daddy, mama, mama, mama. After a while, I have seen them. You know, push a chair over there, climb up on the chair. Mama, daddy, mama, daddy. 
Finally, they grabbed you by your face. Mama! Daddy! I want your attention. And so either you're going to whip them, or you're fixing to give them your attention. And sometimes we have to do God the same way. Sometimes you've got to shove everything else aside. In fact, we ought to do that on a daily basis. Somehow, some way. And I know we're hustling. I know we're busy. We've got some busy lives. But I'm going to tell you something. We're not so busy we can't pray. We have got to take time to pray. Talk to God. Pray for, pray for ourselves. Pray for our families. Pray for our community. Pray for our church. There's so much to pray for. You know. Uh, if you just start to call all the names in the church, it'd take you a good 15, 20 minutes. You know. We tell, we pray for one another, don't we? <laughs> and we know that all. <laughs> you know the rest of it. <laughs> yeah, I'm going to make it. Uh, so what I'm going to say, God put this in here, and this is what works. It still works. It'll work. Let's do it. Let's let our passion, our hunger for the touch of God, for the visitation of the Lord. Let's understand this. Amen. That, 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 that's so important. This one God message. And I started to just go ahead and get scriptures that one God. But I said, well, no, I've got enough to try to, try to cipher through. And I left some out. But go back and read those chapters. Put them together. Just see what John is, what he's trying to unveil, what he's trying to bring to us. And that short letter to that, that if you read that short letter, go back and read that. You see, he also put the words in there, bring back to our remembrance. He said, I know you know this, and I know you know the truth, but bring it back. We need to be reminded sometimes. We've got to be reminded, amen, about God, the word of God, the workings of God. Love you tonight. Appreciate you. Hopefully something was said that would... Uh, Church, yeah, no, to one thing, be anchored on this, this one God message. I mean, this is, you know, there, there's, no, there's no wiggle room with this one. I'm telling you, there's none. There's none whatsoever. You either believe this or you're lost. And I'm going to tell you something. That puts, that puts a high percentage of so-called religious Christian people in a lost condition. I've not said the words that told us this. I'm not being mean, not being ugly, but it's in the book. It's in the book. So thank God for the revelation. But folks, let's don't let's don't make the mistake that Romans one did. They knew God, but they kept him, they kid him, they held back. And God turned them over to their own lust. I, I want to tell people. I want to not just tell them either. I want my my countenance right down to my body language. Amen. That there's something abiding and flowing through us. Amen. That's powerful. That's beautiful. That they would want to be a part of it. Okay. Love you. Appreciate you. God bless you. Any announcements? I don't think so. Love you tonight. God bless you. Friday night youth service. Don't forget Friday night youth service. 830. Make sure we come get them at 830. All right.